0: to another amazing episode of the boat from the blue podcast let's take the role for tonight uh, Denine bernard
1: so, <laughs> i like being at school yes sir i'm here sir. yeah i like being back at school mate. yeah but uh, yes i'm here i'm here at uh, my mike. long mic mike.
0: <laughs> okay
2: no no from
1: what i've heard it's short mike
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was expecting that savage colin present miss I'm okay.
3: just at my desk with my arms folded and my desk is tidy Okay, Bubbles,
0: Raymond
2: <laughs> I, I, I've got to ask you how you know it's going to be amazing Is it because us three are on? You, you yeah, have it's, this it's, permission that it's going to be an amazing podcast
0: Yeah, I've got the full A team, guys I've got the A team <laughs> There is no B team, you should know, uh, listeners But we've got Who's a,
2: howling mad? Who's howling <laughs> mad if you've got the A team?
0: <laughs> okay, guys, well, let's get into this Now... It's been an interesting uh, past several days. Uh, Two hard-fought wins, I think you'd agree. We'll start off with the one, uh, uh, the the latest one, which is Aston Villa 1, Manchester City uh, 2. And uh, unfortunately, poor little Steven Gerrard's um, huge run of success comes to a shuddering uh, stop here. Uh, This game um, overseen by Mike Dean. I think we'll talk about him. Um, But um, anyway... Let's uh, uh, have a look, uh, Bernard, at this uh, lineup. So, um, a lot of people missing. Laporte suspended, obviously. Uh, no John Stones. Uh, no Kyle Walker. Um, no Foden. No Kevin De Bruyne. No Gundogan. Grealish is on the bench, and of course, Ferran Torres uh, still uh, uh, still out. And um, so, it's a, so it was interesting the lineup, Bernard. They moved Cancelo. Back to his favourite left-back, put Zinchenko on the other side, double pivot in, in Rodri for mm-hmm. Fernandinho, <laughs> I guess you might call that, and then uh, Gabby J. Mares, and Sterling up front probably was that revolving um, situation. Um, what did you think of it, Bernard? I think I think
1: when I first saw the first eleven, I didn't see the subs bench. So I sort of looked at that eleven. I thought, "What the hell is this?" And then obviously you look at the subs bench and you think, "Well, yeah." On the basis that uh, Folden and Grealish are not going to be a hundred percent, given the fact the other guys must be either injured, obviously, and Laporte missing. Uh, it was pos- possibly the only team he could put out. So I mean, looking at the bench, I thought, "Well, yeah, fair enough. If that, that's that's the best of what you've got." Yeah, you had uh, Grealish
0: uh, and Foden on the bench. Foden's obviously returning to uh, fitness and then four kids with Cole Palmer, McAtee, Romeo Lavio and Wilson Esbrand. Uh, Colin,
3: what did you think about this um this uh, lineup? Well it as Bernard said, and really when you I, I was looking at the I, I didn't see the first part of the game, first half hour. I had to go out. But um, you know, watching the watching the game, I'm looking at the subs bench and thinking. I don't recognize some of those players on the bench. And, and I realized then that uh, obviously, um, Mbete and, and I think Romeo Lavia and Wilson Esbrand, who we've seen before, you know, that, who were putting good performances in the uh, League Cup, didn't they? But uh, yeah, we were down to bare bones, weren't we, really? I mean, just surprised that Zach Seven didn't start in midfield or, or Edison, you know. Uh-huh. Ray, what's your
0: take? I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, teams around the Premier League were, were crying tears for us. About the, <laughs> fact that the fact that we were, uh, you know, depleted. What was your view?
2: It's the same as the other guys, uh, you know. Um, we we didn't have anyone else to pick from, um, you know. Um, I thought we might have put one of the kids in, in the game uh, and in, in an attacking sense, someone like uh, Cole Palmer. But then they, I think they, they played two days ago. So, the, you know, the kids had just played two days ago and then they're on the bench as well. So you, I, I can see why... None of them were, were 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 starting. As I said, if if you'd have had an extra day or two's rest, maybe Cole Palmer could have been in an attacking sense and wouldn't need that double pivot. But you know, we put out uh, the best thing we could. Uh, the only fit players we had. Yes, the miniature violins were being uh, you know strummed by fans from uh, opposition clubs. Um, but it, it is what it is. We you know it's one of those times when we've got like, seven players out. There's not we can do. Uh, I think by the weekend, I think Stones will be back um, and uh, Foden and Grealish will be slightly fit. And I think KDB will be ready to, to to get involved again. So, you know, I think we'll be back up to uh, near a full strength by the weekend So uh, for the Watford game. Um, so we just got to take it on the chin. and There's not you can do. It is, as Pep says, it is what it is.
0: Uh, Bernard, the Villa fans were certainly up for it. Of course, that may be possibly attributable to the fact that City fans were singing There's Only One Jack Grealish to kind of like, um, you know, encourage them along. But I was listening to something on TalkSport where they were interviewing a Villa fan afterwards and the they, um, sympathetic hosts uh, were saying, those people, you know, uh, booing uh, and uh, especially Jack Greenish, that's probably a minority uh, of your support, wasn't it? To which... This, uh, the Aston Villa, said, Aston Villa van said, actually no, it was most of us. Um, <laughs> what did you think of that, Bernard?
1: Well, it, I'll be honest with you, it didn't, didn't sound as loud at Villa Park and Villa as it did at the other away grounds we've been to, to be honest with you. I think he got booed more at some of the other away grounds. At, le- at least some guys uh, were sort of applauded him, which is fair enough, and... Uh, I didn't get the sense that the atmosphere was fantastic on the night and uh, the fact that he wasn't starting the game, I think that sort of kept it uh, a little bit quieter, to be honest with you. Obviously, once the initial walk onto the pitch sort of uh, dissipated, or, or but that's the word you use. Uh, yeah, so I didn't think it was that bad based on what, obviously, I can only tell what was on the telly, unfortunately. I couldn't be there. So uh, it didn't seem that bad compared to other grounds.
0: Uh, Colin Savage, um Let's talk about how uh, how City looked to you in the first uh, twenty six minutes uh, before the uh, the first goal. Uh,
3: I couldn't tell you because I didn't see it. Basically, <laughs> okay. shall we pass that over <laughs> to, to Raymond? So perhaps one of the other one of my other fellow oh, podcasters. Well. Might care to take the reins now. Listen,
0: Savage, you do your homework properly before the next <laughs> one <podcast. laughs>
3: in, in my defense, my my cousins had arrived from um, the USA. And got a late call to go and see them So, um, but we ended up Working, and we couldn't I, I, I've got to say this, I specifically Picked the pub, because I knew the match Would be on there, but we were in a part Of the, pub, the dining room, we didn't have a bloody screen So that's Yeah, it,
0: cry me a river Cry river savage, I want on 100 lines Before the next task, uh, we will watch the game well,
2: let's, let's in, in, a- in my defence, Mike I had to go and see my mum
0: Oh, there's detention around
1: here. Is there someone? Is there someone here? I can jump in, Mike, if you want. (laughs) I I didn't watch some of it, but I'll let Bernard go first. Okay, Bernard. It was absolutely stunning for the first five minutes. We had about three good chances. Cancelo had a good chance. Uh, Jesus had a good chance. And Rodri sort of had a good chance within the first five minutes. And to be honest with you, the first... I think Villa got into our penalty box once. I think in the first twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes or so. But uh, we even had a drop ball, guys. You know, them old things where both players go for it. We, we even had a drop ball in the game, which was on the on the fourteenth minute. But uh, yeah, we total dominance. I think it was something like eighty percent possession for City, twenty percent uh, for Villa. The only the only bad thing about it was obviously that first. Uh, 20 minutes, we hadn't actually took the lead, so that was a bit worrying. But uh, no, uh, Villa, Villa was struggling a little bit to uh, cope. Mm-hmm. So, Colin, were
3: you? Um, were you? Did you see the first goal? I didn't see the first goal. No, uh, I have seen the goal. But, uh, I mean, did I'm you watch sure. any of
2: the game, Colin? Sorry? <laughs> did
3: you watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... In you know, fact, had I not been tented out for a drink after work, I would have watched the game in full. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've got to say that the lure of uh, the slug and lettuce in Albert Square um, uh, overtook me. Um, uh-huh. I'll
2: tell, yeah, tell you what, Colin, you're about as useful as that Adam Crafton is. Uh, reporting. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's leave
3: that to later, but uh, I, I have seen the goal. and Obviously, it was a, uh, a great piece of work um, by Sterling, Sterling who... Got to the actually beat his man, which he hasn't been doing really recent up to recently. Got to the byline that pulled the ball back where we're normally so dangerous. It did seem like a bit of an aimless pullback because it was quite uh, uh, um, not a tight angle, quite a wide angle. But it came to Ruben Diaz, who was just outside the area, and he took a, a swing at it. And um, I saw a report that said it got a deflection, but it didn't. It went nearly on Bailey, but I don't think it, a, a deflection had. I don't think there was any deflection if it did. It had minimal impact on the on the flight of the ball. Uh, and it flew inside the, um, the the far post. So, brilliant. I mean, not something you'd expect from Ruben Diaz, but it seems like all our players now want to shoot from outside the box and get goal of the month. I, I, think, uh, yeah. I think
2: Sterling had a decent first half, from what I saw. Um, you know, he was taking his man on cash. He would regularly beat him. Um, and then and this one, he, he took uh, McGinn a little shimmy and he got past him. And I think in the second half, I don't think he was as good. He tried these step overs, which weren't really working. Um, but I have said it for, for several seasons. If Sterling could learn a few tricks, um, you know, he, he he'd he would be deadly because his pace is enough to beat most players. Um, the pullback was was good. It, it like Colin said, it looked a bit aimless because it just it went from the byline outside the box. So it was about 22 yards um outside the box when Rodri hits it. So uh, Diaz hits it. Um, all these foreign players look the same to me. So when uh, when Diaz hits it, so it was it was a na- nice, nice shot, and uh, yeah, I think the goal was a bit uh, slow to get down, but it nestled in, in the corner, it was a uh, it was a cracking goal to be honest. And I think he was as surprised as anybody else that he scored.
0: Diaz, don't shoot, Ruben, Re- don't shoot. <laughs> uh, Bernard, the, the the commentators on the feed I was watching uh, were quite curmudgeonly about that, and they they. They, they said, and I quote, not the cleanest strike. Well, it was clean enough, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was his wrong foot for a start. I mean, he's not left-footed, is he? I mean, it, it wasn't his right foot. And I think, I think Colin said he didn't think it took a deflection. I thought he did, and I've watched it back about six times, and I still can't decide one way or the other whether it did or not. But it doesn't matter. It does was on target, so it'll, it'll count for him anyway. But uh, I thought he'd give it a good smack. I mean, uh, it wasn't Rodri rocketesque esque but it was uh, certainly well struck with his with his wrong foot. I mean, he was saying we're not. He's not known for doing much with his left foot, let's be honest about it. But no, I think the commentators is just trying to pick holes in our legend that is not only a centre-half, but now a top striker as well.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, uh, Ray, over to you. Um, that was the only goal of the first half, wasn't it? No, it was a, bigger It was the it first was of two in the second half. The period between goal number one, goal number two... Um, incident worthy at all for you uh Renan? really that
2: much uh, i don't recall uh that much um there was that in the first half i don't i don't remember what when it was but jesus did a dive trying to claim a penalty uh but i don't remember that much else really going on it was just like we were passing we were doing our normal stuff passing the ball around uh villa were working hard to to close us down um but we weren't really getting anything of any note. And obviously, that then the main talking point of the game, and it could be one of the main things of the season, is is the goal, and not scored by Bernard, and not just the goal itself and the quality of that strike, um, but the the build up and everything else, and 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 on its own, that could have been the team goal of the season because it started in our box with uh, Concello and Mares knocking it around, and Mares doing a backheel to uh, to Fernandinho, who hit it first time to Gabriel Jesus, who took a touch, crossed it for Bernardo to, to score it. But it was, it's going to be one of the goals of the season, uh, for sure. I think, you know, up there with this one Salah has scored this season, which are the different kind of goals. But it's, it's that kind of goal, that I think if Salah had scored it, <laughs> it would be plastered everywhere. That's all we would be watching.
3: They'd, they'd be making a mini series about it, wouldn't they? Of Salah,
2: we would be watching it it'd be on Sky for days on end. You know, and if Liverpool had scored that goal or Salah or whatever, you know, look at this wonderful team goal on the break. Liverpool are the best, or if Ronaldo had scored that, you know, we'd be but hearing you know, it. That,
3: that, that was a Liverpool goal, wasn't it? Because I say mores won the ball virtually in our area. What was he doing yeah. back there? Uh, he seemed to have too many uh, too many players um opposing him, but he managed to squeeze the ball to Fernandinho, who played that first time pass to Gabriel Jesus, who wasn't offside uh, for once. And um Jesus, again didn't take too many touches, he took one touch it, one touch and played a, a, an inch perfect ball to Bernardo, who you know didn't need to do anything to control that ball. But his technique, if you watch it in slow motion, um, he catches it with the side of his foot rather than the, the kind of his instep. So, uh, absolute cracker of a goal.
0: Yeah, Bernardo. Uh, sorry, Bernard. But well, we'll, we'll stick with Bernardo for you. Uh, you are the Bernardo of this podca- podcast. Uh, actually, yeah, you know, if, oh, he's,
1: he's my is my namesake. I love him to bits. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: Bernard. If, if only um, uh, Bernardo Silva had done that scissor kick thing with his with his feet uh, before he volleyed it. That would be right up there with. The Paolo Di Canio special for West Ham uh, some years back, which, which there virtually was a, um, a mini series about. What did you think of this?
1: <laughs> well, Di <the> Canio's. <laughs> no, we'll stick, we'll stick with this one. No, I mean it was it was brilliant. I mean, most people. Well, let's face it. What I mean. That's a guy whose confidence is certainly up, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. And I, I want, I want him to seem further up the pitch all the time because he's quite capable of either sniffing a goal out or scoring a superb thing like this. I mean, most players would have took another touch, wouldn't they? And he could have gone anywhere. If he, if he tried to take it down and it had sort of gone off to a slight, a slight angle or anything like that. But I mean, the goal he couldn't do anything, could he? I mean, absolutely Not a, even I couldn't say that, guys. You know what? You know me as my goal I couldn't have got to that. That was uh, ab- absolutely inspired by Bernardo. And as, y- as you say, it certainly won't get the credit it deserves from outside of uh, City fans and the City media anyway. But uh, absolutely. I said it was a, a side foot, superb, absolutely amazing. The next one he'll try, he will probably hit Z, But uh, we'll just live and be happy with that one for now.
0: Uh, great time to score uh, two, two minutes before halftime. Uh, we yeah, went yeah, to
2: Mike it was, it was oh, sorry I just butt in here but it was quite interesting oh. if you watched um, uh on on um, uh on the city channel man city's channel uh Michael Brown's reaction I don't know if you've seen the video of that I didn't see uh, that uh, Mike, Michael Brown was on commentary uh, at Villa Park for for City uh, on core commentary so um and I don't know why they were filming him you know City are doing their own uh, vlogging the, the 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 commentators now I, I don't know what's going on but you see him, you know, as it's coming up. And then when they score, he's just open mouth. You know, it was such a wonderful goal. And he was just like, you know, his mouth was open like a fish. Um, it just, it's, it's nice to, to watch because obviously, you know, when a, prof- a professional... We, we see it with our, our own eyes and we know it's brilliant. But when a, uh, you know, a professional looks at it and he's open mouth at the sheer brilliance and, and class of that goal it's something to behold. So it's, that's on the Manchester City official website. So you can go and check that out if you want.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds great. Uh actually there was one more one other thing I, I should refer to which a lot of people were talking about. There's this lovely video clip and I think this was for the first school actually. And uh, uh basically you had greenish on the bench and he was um smiling and celebrating and then he realizes the camera's on him and he's supposed to be the, <laughs> the Villemans. <laughs> Uh, he almost like he sees the camera and suddenly sits back down again in the shadows. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to be associated with um, any kind of celebration. Unfortunately, that sentiment wasn't really reciprocated by the uh, the Villa fans. But two zip it was, and uh, we we move into uh, the second half. Now let's ask uh, Colin about this. Um, Villa are not actually a bad team. I mean, they've got uh, Buendia, who's good, Douglas, Louise. We'll talk about uh, Ollie Watkins and Leon Bailey. So they're they're new. No, There are no um, slugs at all. And uh, I was just wondering what you guys, in any order, actually, uh, thought about Douglas Louise because he was our player and um, now he's theirs. But
3: um, what do you think about him? Anybody? Um, Yeah, occasionally he looks a decent player, but a bit of a rough diamond. He looks a bit uncultured. He puts himself about of it. He runs around a lot. He throws himself into tackles, but I've not particularly seen anything from him that that puts him in the Fernandinho or Rodri class particularly, but, you know, who knows where he might develop in the future.
0: Uh, One player who is quite uh, 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 a bit of a handful, um, Bernard, is uh, Oli Watkins. And we know that because two minutes minutes after the restart, he had a little volley of his own. It wasn't anywhere near as spectacular as that by Bernardo Silva. But um, talk about that 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 reply from Villa for
1: us. Yeah, I mean it's obviously something they practice this, and they obviously practised this sort of piece thing at uh, Villa. It was superbly done, wasn't it? Let's face it. Uh, I think it was left to Bernardo to try and shut uh sort of catch up with uh, Ollie Watkins, but he is a good player, very very good player, and it just worked superbly. I mean. Yeah, obviously if you if you go back to uh, Mr. Delft, we talk about the basics of football and what you don't what you do as a team straight after half time, you try and keep it, you know, you two 0 up, you try and keep it tight for five or ten minutes. But all credit to Villa, absolutely superb at corner. It wasn't no no luck involved at all. It was totally planned from what I could see from it and he took it superbly and he just just managed to squeeze in off the post didn't it? but uh, yeah I mean you couldn't blame Edison Edison had no chance whatsoever we could have perhaps been a bit tight to the players but that's not how we play is it in the uh, uh, when we're defending set-pieces. And the the best bit of it was, was the commentators actually commented before the corner that City hadn't let a goal in from a set-piece this season. And then, obviously, literally 10 seconds later, we'd, they'd scored against us. So it was the old old uh, curse of the commentator, of course. We could have done with them keeping the mouth shut. But, uh, no, a superbly worked goal by Villa. And I thought, generally, Villa, we will talk about the second half, but I thought, I thought Villa had us, had us a little bit worried in that second half. Mm-hmm. Raymond, I've got a burning question. Um, so, uh,
0: that goal was celebrated obviously very loudly by the Villa fans, who included uh, Prince William. I'm trying to think what on earth would make Prince William uh, want to follow Aston Villa? I can't see any connection. I mean, he's, has, has he got any connection with Birmingham? No, um, no, no I'm also trying to see was... how old he is. Were Villa doing anything at the time no, that he was a no, kid?
2: The, the guy's what, about 40 years old uh, off, off the top of my head. Um, so, for, Villa was still a decent side when he was a kid. But I mean, to be honest, I don't. I just think he must have liked the colours, you know. Um, and that's said, look, for all we know, uh, he's 39. So for all we know, you know, he, he could have been a West Ham fan or or even a Burnley fan if he if he's going on the colours. I have no idea
1: why uh, he. he no, it, it was Villa. 39, uh, Rave. was 39. Obviously, they didn't win, they win the cup in 18, 1989, the European Cup? So perhaps his dad, uh, not in 89, 79. 79, Was it ah, It was 89. Ah, right, No, oh, right. so, no, they were. That's they were just ten year anniversary. his dad got a bit giddy and made him into a Villa fan. <laughs> no, so.
3: I've, I've got an explanation, um, according to to this report, why Prince William supports Villa. Um, because apparently he said he was desperate not to follow his classmates in, in supporting team, the big teams like, like United or Arsenal. So um, he went to watch, he apparently was 11, uh, went to watch Villa against Bolton in the FA Cup and he decided to become a, a Villa fan. He loved it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, good luck to him.
1: <laughs> yeah. he he there a... guys didn't he? he could have he could have supported Bolt and that would have really been good wouldn't it really for him yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, won, they won it in
2: 82 it was 82 they won it because it was Forest and Liverpool winning it around I think we won it yeah, in that's,
1: England oh, sorry, that's, I'm sorry it's me because I said he's 39 so obviously yeah obviously in 1982, I got the wrong date, didn't I? 1982, perhaps, because his dad had a good good night and obviously he brought him up as a Villa fan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I've got to say something about that goal, that Villa goal. Um, So, I want to say something about zonal marking because Watkins was being marked by Raheem Sterling near the edge of the box. Watkins made a run and Sterling just let him go and let somebody else take him and so Watkins had got the run on whoever was was it Bernardo Silva or whoever was near him, um, and they came from he came from nowhere, and that's one of the, the disadvantages of of, of zonal marking because if if Sterling was man marking him or whoever, and they would have gone with him, and maybe he wouldn't have had the freedom to get that shot in. So, uh, but as Bernard said, it was, it was a well worked goal, well taken goal. Edison had no chance. I mean, you know, before he'd moved, it was in the back of the net. And so it was, it was uh, yeah, a good, good Villa goal.
0: Uh, guys, what was a big a big talking point was um, the performance of Mike Dean. Now, I got into a little bit of a spat uh, during the game with... Uh, this not like Mike. Twitter Twitter follower, <laughs> at, at Citizen Alex, who he, he, he kind of like kept chirping back at me that Mike Dean had done nothing wrong. He had done nothing wrong. Uh, Bernard, um, did uh, Mike Dean do nothing wrong?
1: Well, uh... I mean, obviously, from a City point of view, every single 50-50 just went Villa's way, mate. Yes. I mean, you know, occasionally would give one to City, but just to sort of make sure that people didn't think he was he was a cheat. But basically, <laughs> every single every single thing that, uh, allegedly, every single thing that he, that he did, every 50-50 challenge, you know, just went Villa's way. And you could see what, what was going on all, all 90 minutes. And he give, you know, fortunately, there's one where I think uh, Edison got, bowled in the, in the box from their, one of their big lads and he gave it to us but apart yeah. from that you're struggling to find anything that he did give to us to be honest oh, with that you
2: that penalty shite Bernard come on <laughs> he didn't give a penalty he didn't give a penalty I think the most oh, I, was panicking. I, was
1: panicking. I thought they are going to tell him to go over to the screen and yeah. look at that oh, oh god he's going to give this if he has to go to the screen but so, but the so my heart just, was in my mouth the, but the <laughs> biggest decision the biggest
2: decision he had to make really on the night went in our favour so you know he might be he might be yeah. you know, he might think he's not very good or he, he wants it to be about him, but you know we got lucky with the biggest decision of the game,
3: yeah, it, it, it just seems that, that the um some refs and Mike Dean has been mentioned, like to level things up. so yeah. you know it's Manchester city playing a team like Villa, although I'm not sure Villa didn't did enough on their own account. um that the, the 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 ref will be more sympathetic to the. The, should we say the lesser team?
0: That's what it looked like. It really did. I mean, it, it seemed that, it, that, that a lot of these 50-50s that were going Villa's way, which was was the majority, were for no other reason than maybe to uh, balance out the uh, the talent uh, discrepancy between the two teams. That's what I was thinking. Apparently, um, lots of people agreed as well, and they were pointing it out all the time. But I suppose you do get that quite a bit when I mean, when anything goes against us on on the on on Twitter. Um, but um, all right, let's uh, continue with the second half. Uh, Villa were were quite good, and they 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 had me feeling a little bit uh, twitchy um, for the remainder of the game. Of course, the scorelines uh, stayed the same, um, and uh, one kind of it seemed like one kind of player was introduced as a sub who I'd forgotten uh, mm. isn't forty years old. Um, a player for whom um, he's best remembered by a pigeon crapping in his mouth from from on high, and I, there was a just a funny a funny feeling a, and a funny uh, statement on Twitter from one one follower who just said that here comes Ashley Young, you know, hero for Manchester United, played in Italy, but he'll only be remembered for one thing. And I have to say, guys, that pigeon was remarkably accurate. You do you remember
3: that, <laughs> Colin? Do you remember this? I remember that incident. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um... I was surprised to see him, actually. I didn't realise he was back in the Premier League. And uh, it was... Of course, he started at um, Villa, didn't he? And, um, well, certainly he certainly was at Villa for a while. And uh, he's such a whingy, whiny, moaning uh, sod. I mean, um, if you remember that the, the derby where we yep. uh, kept the ball in the corner for a, for a yep. few minutes, yeah. he was absolutely doing his nuts. <laughs> um, and... Um, I would, and he actually kicked sterling didn't he just out of sheer frustration yeah, he got yellow it, it last night as well he was going mad about something and you think like, oh sure stfu
0: and then of course that manchester city supporting um pigeon decided right right on your tongue from you know 50 feet in the air and he was unbelievably accurate that uh, shut him up but he didn't even notice it for a while um he t- probably tasted it um, uh, a few seconds later but that was that, that was interesting. Uh, Ray mentioned penalty shouts. Um, there was one in a in a coming together of uh, a penalty question of, of uh, Ruben Diaz and, and Conta. Does anyone remember that one when uh, the Villa fans thought for sure this is a penalty? No one remembers this one. Oh, this was quite yeah. late game. We
2: talked about it. Where well, might didn't give us the benefit of the doubt there? Um, um, I mean, well, okay, we we were caught open a few times in, uh, in the second half. Probably at least three uh, opportunities that Villa had, and you know we. I think as the game went on, the crowd were behind them, and you know we were making too many mistakes. I think Fernandinho got robbed a couple of times, a couple of bad passes here and there, and 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 sometimes we were all over the shop. Um,
1: uh, was, yeah, it was that seventy uh, fifth minute, guys, when uh, yeah. obviously. Edison sort of earned his corn didn't he from that chuck a where he's goal or not. so no, that sure was, it was later on the, 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 yeah. I think
2: Mike wants to talk about the penalty so the, the ball come in it was headed uh, back uh, to the far post it was headed back into the into the box and um, I can't remember who who, who, who it was the developer that came in uh, with about three city players chasing him down and it was a tangle of legs and bodies uh, was it Consa it, was, it, it, well, in
1: it. was there as well yeah
2: Consa yeah, was, was there the and I think was it Diaz as well, and Diaz looked a bit sheepish, and I thought, oh no, he's not, no one's kicked him out there. I think Aki, I think Aki did connect with him, but I think at that point the ball had already been—he'd hit it out anyway. He'd missed, um, you know, he put it past the post. Edison was going the wrong way anyway. And
1: look, no, you know,
2: so give a call. Like give give a call. Well, there was, was a Villa player who kicked it <laughs> out. Give <We> me, still Give <laughs> a call. So, you know, we, we, <laughs> yeah, I, I that's think we were looking On another day. On another day, someone else might have given that. So, you know,
3: we, we uh, said this, this game on Sunday that, there, again, there was a controversial incident and the ref gave a, a, a goal kick when it should have been a corner or something. And that's often a cop out that the refs use when there's been a controversial oh. incident. And and they yeah. pretend that the player has a player has played the ball when they haven't. So they'll give a corner if it come, if, if a defender's committed a foul, pretending the defenders uh, played the ball. Or if it's the other way round, they'll give a goal kick pretending pretending the forwards uh, attacking.
1: Yeah, that actually the uh, 58th minute. That one there,
2: Rafe, in the 58th yeah. minute. Aye, yeah. Like burn, burn with his nose. But the thing is, what got me with with that in that second half, Gabriel Jesus had a great chance to score. I think it was a pass from. Uh, Bernardo Silva again, that the man of the moment, and you know we were doing it was it was a, gr- a great move, uh, and he, he put, whoever it was anyway put the cross in, and Gabriel Jesus uh, controlled it wonderfully. It was a oh I got to go back because it would have been another contender for goal of the season mm-hmm. uh, for team goal because but um, Conchillo hit that with the outside of his foot down the line inside and out. It was just another great pass. The cross good, came man. in. Gabriel Jesus back to goal. He controlled it, swivelled, and you think, well, he's just going to have to, you know, hit it into the back of the net, and he sliced it wide. And, and yeah, It was Bernardo with the assist on that one, right? Yeah, it would have been Bernardo, yeah. So, um, And and it's a shame for Gabriel Jesus, because that's what, you know, people do have a go at him. for. that was a great opportunity he should have scored. That game would have been put to bed. 3-1 up. Villa were not going to come back from that. Um, and we could have gone on, coasted it, maybe gone on to win four or five. And maybe taking a couple of players off because, you know, we haven't got a lot of players uh, for the the Watford game. Again, maybe two or three will be back. But, you know, um, you do need to rest your players now and again. So it's a bit of a shame uh, that he missed that really, really presentable opportunity.
0: Indeed. And and I think just going back, uh, we could say a little bit more about this that Bernard picked up on. And that was a a player, I think, who is pronounced Chukwe Meka. And he brought an, an amazing save out of Ederson, which is great because, I mean, didn't have much to do, Ederson. But when called upon, that was a terrific save, eh, Bernard?
1: Yeah, I mean, seven, that was just three minutes after that incident that we've just been talking about with Jesus. That was his 72nd minute. And then on 75 minutes, I mean, I, again, I just closed my eyes because he just looked for everything that he was going to. You know, through his legs again, like we had with the previous match. We're not talked about that, but uh, I thought you know, keep your legs shut, Edison. And uh, <laughs> fortunately, he managed to get a superb block. And obviously, from the camera angle, it even looked as though it might be going in. But uh, no, he, he earned his uh, wage with that save last night.
0: Okay, Raymond, now's your chance. Tell us, tell us what your thing is with Adam Crafton. Oh,
2: uh, Adam Crafton, you'll be careful what I say because he's a. Uh, Good, uh, good friend of one of one of the panel. Uh, won't mention, <laughs> won't mention who. All um, oh, the family. No, is, the anyway, so. yeah,
3: don't let my sorry. Don't oh, let my relationship with Adam and his family spoil your rant, Ray. Oh,
2: there's, no rant, no, there's no rant There's no It's just that Adam Crafton has uh, he come out and said uh, something on Twitter was it yesterday where he's he said Liverpool are clearly the best team uh, in the league. Uh, you know. Uh, they're clear of Chelsea, well clear of Chelsea, and City are a little bit closer, but Liverpool are the are the best. And you know, what do you think? You think to yourself, who's top of the league? That's well, that's Chelsea, who apparently Chelsea. Mile, who are miles off Liverpool. Well, who's second? Well, that's City, who are still not as good as Liverpool. And look, yes, the season's only a third of the way through and there's still two thirds to go, but you know, I'm oh, no, please. You know, why do some journalists suck up to Liverpool or Man United, I don't understand why
3: they do it. And well, I'm Liverpool... a United fan, um, oh. so, so, so for, him that, for him to say that must hurt, let's be honest, as much as it would hurt saying City are the best team. But there seems to be a media narrative at the moment that it's between Liverpool and Chelsea, uh, yeah. and we don't get mentioned, which is fairly typical, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, one of the reasons for this is they're looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the goals four column where um, uh, Liverpool are 10 goals ahead of us, and uh, I think uh, Chelsea as well. But that's balanced out by the goals against. I mean, Liverpool ship them. They ship at least one every every game. Um, whereas uh,
3: scored against them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Whereas with Chelsea and City, they're still in single figures. Um, well, the, the, the thing is, I mean, I, I, something I, I, I said
2: in response to this, I think, and I might be slightly biased, but I think City are clearly, on their day, the best team in the country, probably the best team in the world right now Indeed. on their day.
0: And just to underline that, uh, guys, um, Pep had his 150th win in a total of 2,004 a game. So he is now... 204,
2: Mike, 2,004.
0: If it was 2,004, <laughs>
2: he'd be out of his ear, mate.
0: Sorry, sorry, two, <laughs> two, two hundred and four. Guys, Popka's question, who previously held this record and how many games, games did it take? Jose Mourinho. How many?
2: Uh, Jose Mourinho in at least two hundred and thirty
0: games. Two hundred and thirty is spot on, actually. And um, by the way, does anyone have the statistic for Alex Ferguson? Did he? Is he anywhere in that sort of top three, he's top four,
2: in the top five? He's, but he took at least I think three hundred games at least for Ferguson. More than that. I, I mean, Pep had a win percentage of seventy four percent, miles clear of everybody else. Uh, but I think Ferguson was down in fourth. 4th or 5th in that list.
0: Yeah, guys, at the end of this uh, particular game, the statistics, uh, I didn't feel that it it was this, but it was 64 to 36 uh, percentage uh, possession in favour of City. Um, uh, 17 uh, shots to um, Villa's 9, uh, 10 on target, uh, sorry, 10 off target and 7 on target for City, uh, 6 off target and 3 on target for Villa. And uh, 10 corners for City to uh, number four, uh, a four for um, uh, Villa. Guys, there's just one more thing that I just want to uh, mention in this segment. The Ballon d'Or and the list of nominees for Ballon d'Or. Um, give me your feelings about some of these uh, positions and in, in, in standings, uh, Bernard. What, what did you think?
1: Well, I've got. I'll be honest with you, mate. I said, I said the other day, I've about as much interest in the Ballon d'Or as the Dustbin Man, Dustbin Man of the Year award. Uh, you know, it's about, about as much interest to me. Uh, obviously, I just think it's ridiculous that uh, the guy who won it won it. To be honest with you, I don't think he, he, he deserves it. It just shows what a load of utter guff it is. To be honest with you, I have no real thoughts on it, one way or the other. I think it's just a beauty contest.
0: I know, I know, I totally agree. But it is, it is interesting. There was interesting footage of the question being put to uh mohammed Salah about his standing his ranking at number 7 and he just laughed into the camera and didn't say anything and walked <laughs> off um he, he's a bit salty isn't he uh, usually regarding his uh, his ego um but i was thinking more uh, ray about the standings of the city players mm-hmm. and who uh, do, do you remember the, the the kind of positions they came in <laughs> my he's I, I think if I, if I if memory serves i think it was um the closest city got to the top was um Raheem Sterling, actually.
2: Yeah, we. City uh, had, had five players in the list, didn't they? In the top, uh-huh. uh, in the in the final thirty, uh, Sterling was there, Diaz was there, KDB was there, maras was there, and the fifth one escapes. Me. Um, yeah, was there too.
0: Yeah, who was there. Sorry, yeah, Phil
2: Foden, right? Did you yeah, Phil Foden? Him? That's right. And to be honest, lot as, as Bernard said, it's a lot of crap. Um uh, it's a, it's it's just a, a um, it's not even a beauty contest um it, it's just for some some 180 journalists vote on this uh and if they're going to give it to messi after what lewandowski's done uh what salah has done Jorginho who won both the champions league and um you know the euros uh if you want to do on what people have won he's done a lot you know, I know. and t- it's like they have given it to messi because they won the um,
3: Cup of America. America for the first time. You know, I mean, yes. there's so there's so few journalists actually know anything about football. You know, they're not watching all the players all the time, are they? Exactly. Um, they can't possibly. I mean, Sterling has been crap for for what eighteen months. De yeah. Bruyne's <laughs> not been in form for quite a while. Uh, not to knock the City players, but that's you know, if you're journalists who knew your footballers, you'd know that Sterling shouldn't Doesn't be there.
2: Deserve to be in the top thirty. You know? I mean,
3: but, potentially could be, you know, if he's on form. But he hasn't been on form. Yeah. Well, well I'll I'll tell it tells you what.
2: We, talk, we we started off uh, talking about crap journalists, and we're back to Adam Crafton again, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that for these individual awards, there's always an incredible amount of um, uh, vagueness about what period this covers and what criteria is used. It's supposed Obviously, to be this sure, year, isn't it? It's supposed yeah. To be sure. well, yeah, right, but what criteria is used? Remember that Jordan Henderson got the player of the year? Oh, yeah.
2: that, that, was golf. that was a football writers' association. Yeah. And yeah. They, said it for, they said it was for what he did off the pitch. Being a good what chap. What he did off the pitch about raising yeah. money for the NHS and, and whatever. And I thought to myself, well, there's a young man, a young man called uh, Marcus Rashford, who did quite a lot of stuff last year off the pitch, you know, Um, probably bigger stuff than what I think Jordan Henderson did I think Rashford raised about 20 million quid for the um, you know to fight um, uh, or to help provide uh, free school meals for hungry kids and on top of that Rashford scored about 17 league goals as well so Rashford did decent on the pitch and great off the pitch and it was it's it's one um, I've got to keep you clean it's another one of these uh, awards that are given to Players from certain clubs because no way <laughs> Henderson deserved that. It's just that you know, too many journalists have got this Liverpool loving and it it suited their purposes uh, when Henderson won it to give it to Henderson. It's ridiculous,
0: yeah. Listen, as, as, a, as a lot of people have said, let them keep their poxy individual awards, we'll just keep taking the trophies, and that's
3: yeah. what we'll Just to go back to Adam Craft and talking about the best team. I just looked at the uh, club Elo ratings, which are obviously not subjective. They're supposedly objective. The electric uh, light orchestra ratings. <laughs> the top, the top five are uh, in fifth place. Real Madrid with an Elo rating of uh, nineteen thirty-two, I think. Fourth is Chelsea on nineteen sixty-five. Third place is Liverpool, the best team in the in the country at two thousand and five. Above them is Bayern Munich, two thousand eleven. And in top place is Manchester City with 2019. So yes, totally. <laughs> but we're up
0: And are, are these awards that are um, judged by members of the Electric Light Orchestra? Then. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's, uh... You just will not give me any credit for that pun, will you? <laughs> Mike, it was just—it was so easy for that pun. Did you see it's that? So just Did cheap. you see what He just skated past it, you know. It just Mike, Mike, you cheapened <laughs> the pod.
2: You cheap, cheapened BFTB with that. It was, it was such a weak pun.
0: <laughs> so guys, one more thing uh, we need to talk about, and that is the game before. Now we'd all agree this was a very, very tricky proposition. What with you know their performances so far, City two, West Ham one. Just to remind you, uh, Gunduan goal on uh, thirty-three minutes. So we were. Uh, 1-0 at halftime, Um, Fernandinho with a beautiful, beautiful slide rule goal, and then uh, an amazing uh, reply uh, in the 94th minute, too late by then, by Lanzini. Uh, Guys, uh, let's start off with uh, Bernard. Um, Any reflections on this particular game? It was set to be a really difficult one.
1: Yeah, there was a lot that went on. here. I mean, obviously it wasn't exactly ballet on ice, was it? But obviously, as uh, as the pitch deteriorated, City got better and better. And to be honest with you, I was just so disappointed with West Ham and David Moyes. I thought they were absolutely useless on the day. To be honest with you, not what I expected at all. I think they did say they were tired at the Wolves game, didn't they, a week before? But uh, they were still 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 a bit tired for this game, I think. And uh, it was just, even though it was only 1-0 for most of the game uh, from from that first goal, it, it was just so easy for City. We could just uh, stroke it about on that snow and it, the ball fizzed about like there wasn't any snow on the pitch. We, we were just imperious for uh, until those horrible groundsmen cleared it all off at half-time <laughs> and made, made it a normal pitch again. But uh, no, I was very disappointed with West Ham. I thought West Ham were very, very poor. I thought they'd put up a better show, to be honest with you. It's well, interesting. It
3: interesting. We're saying this at the game, but... Obviously, we went in one nil up, which was uh, we deserved more. Really, we could have gone in three mm-hmm. four. Uh, obviously, the conditions, the snow, played a uh, um, played a part. But w- we we came out and, and almost like we played like we were three nil up, a little bit lackluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what well, was that that sort of game where you know you've won it and and you don't have to worry? But West Ham also played like they were three nil down, <laughs> which was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Ray any comments on this game I mean some people suggested that City whenever City were playing better in the blizzard when you couldn't see where the ball was going than they actually <laughs> did when they came well, they,
2: to the they couldn't see either look, look see, Colin's right I mean City um, it's like against Villa a bit you know and it's one even 2-0 for City is is a dangerous scoreline mean, because we you know, we do switch off a bit and we we do take it easy and unless we get that third goal which sounds a bit crazy um, you you don't really relax. So fortunately for us, I mean, you know, Fernandinho got that second goal, and and their, uh, uh, West Ham's uh, amazing goal from Lanzini uh, came too late to to, to make a difference. Uh, uh, it's a bit bad for old Edison because he's still waiting for his hundredth clean sheet in all competitions. Uh, oh. I think. And but look, you know, for West Ham to have a chance, they had to be on the top of their game. They weren't. Um, you know, City. City had, had a, I think, a good first half and not so great second half. But it, it goes back to what I'm saying said before. When City are on it, they're the best team in the league by miles, um, and it's just getting that. It's it's been consistent. And if City don't win the league this season, it's only going to be because of consistency. We want it. I mean, that's generally what happens. The most consistent team, the one that wins the most, wins the league. Um, and it, that's my only concern about City. Is there are games where we Leave teams in the game too long. We, you know, West Ham were in that game until we scored the second goal, really. Um, and same with the with, with Villa. Villa were in that game far too long for our superiority. We should be beating teams, kind of the way Liverpool are doing at the moment. But end of the day, you know, um, right now I just want wins. I just want wins on the board because that's what's gonna um, help us to have a stab at winning the league. We just got to keep winning, and whether we win handsomely like Liverpool or um, you know a bit scrappily like Chelsea might do, I think against Watford, as long as three points, that's all that matters.
0: Well, guys, let's go on to uh, other issues that not necessarily connected uh, with Manchester City, but um, I'm just looking at the um, the scorelines. Tottenham have won two nil at Brentford, and currently. Um, Stretford are 3 2 up against Arsenal. It's 81 minutes in. Apparently, uh, Ronaldo scored a couple. Yeah. Um, so, um, looking at this as it stands uh, league table, uh, Colin Savage, anything that interests you at all?
3: Uh, well, it's looking at, it's starting to look a bit interesting, isn't it? Because as things stand now, just checking, I've got the latest version. Um, as things stand, I mean, Arsenal are cutting United apart. my my was wasting. A hat full of chances, we uh, make sterling look clinical. Um, I <laughs> think the top, the top six well, the top seven is looking more like you expect uh it to look. So, th- there's obviously Chelsea and others than Liverpool, West Ham are the cuckoo in the nest, uh, in fourth place. And you've got Arsenal, Spurs, and if it stays like this, uh, United. But you know, you look at the gaps seven points from Liverpool to West Ham. Uh, Spurs have got a game in hand, the game of against Burnley which you'd expect them to win that would take them to 25 but, so, so that means that there would be six points between Liverpool in third and, and if Spurs win that game in hand in theory uh, Spurs in fourth um, and, and, and then there's that group of clubs on uh, say, yeah, Arsenal United, Wolves have crept up the league they've done quite well after a, a poor start because we know Brighton are up there but I, how Brighton are up there I don't know because the last five games are drawn, drawn, lost, drawn, drawn in the league um, you know, it's not really stunning form. Um, but, you you know, you look down the league table, you look at the last few games, and I think there's only us who, who've put four wins together, uh, four consecutive wins together. Chelsea are unbeaten over the last five games, but two of those are draws. Liverpool uh, lost at West Ham, drew before that, uh, but they fought three wins together. Um, Arsenal are on a little bit of a run, looks like, well, I don't know, it's still about, probably about 10 minutes with any time to go there. And, and uh they Might still get a point because by far the better team from what I've seen, but um, you know, so, so it, it, it's almost like a three-there's a three-team league, and it will be a good if it stays like that, of course, it will be a great title race because um, Liverpool have got um, lose as we said, Salah and, and Mane to the African Cup of Nations,
2: only two games though, isn't it? Only two games, That's
3: but but yeah, they will still lose them, um, and um. You know, you don't know what might happen. And, and as we know, I was out tonight and talking to uh, one of my colleagues, who's a big Liverpool fan, and, and we were talking about the 2014 and 19 title racing and how tight they were and how good they were. Uh, and basically we said, you know, it, when Liverpool won it, and, and when we won it, the, the Centurion season, there was no competition, really. No, no effective competition. We've seen that before. You know, United came second, didn't they? I mean, that shows how little competition there was. So, um, and the interesting thing is, um, yeah, you know, you've got teams like Villa and Everton leads who you'd expect to be perhaps pushing that top six. Leicester, um, all down in the the middle, bottom half of the table. Everton particularly woeful at the moment. Um, and I was reminded you know, when we did the the, the Frank Lee years podcast, we talked about Frank Clark's quote about not all the managers that City have appointed in the last however seventeen managers in what twenty five years were could be duffers, you know, because some had got success at other clubs. He said There must be something deeper than that that's causing the problems at City. And he was right, of course. Uh, you know, uh, well, f- from one poor chairman to, uh, as we said with Fanny a chairman who didn't really have the resources or the nouns to get us out of the, the, that slump we were in and the swales. Uh, and Everton, you, you've got to think, and they've had a load of the money put in uh, and what they spent it on. You've got to look at, you know, something deeper. Uh, Marcel Brands, the director of football, you know if he's buying poorly then that's all on him you can't blame that the, the managers they've had come and go benitez is a great manager you know he's 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 won the uh he's won the champions league he's won won the premier league well he won the champions league twice i didn't no, he yeah. won the premier yeah. league with chelsea he doesn't need a caretaker it was um um not uh, was it dimatteo so, who won the champions league with so you know he benitez is not a bad manager but uh, they had
2: Ancelotti before him. He wasn't a bad manager.
3: But, you know, um, you look at Everton down there, now Now in serious danger. Uh, you know, Leeds, who did so well last season, now in danger. Um, you expect the Southampton, what, Burnley, you know, still only one win. Um, Norwich, even Norwich have gone on a run under Dean Smith, um, unbeaten in uh, four league games now. And they can get to the bottom of Newcastle. Uh, you know, talking about going down with a billion in the bank, uh, they I say, um, Watford, on 17th, Watford are in 17th place with 13 points. Then Burnley, Norwich in 10. Uh, and Newcastle on, on seven. So so Newcastle have got to pick up an additional seven points to catch I, what? You got a good got a and you can't... got a question for you,
2: Colin. Sorry, I've got a question about Newcastle. Do you think if they'd got Stephen Gerrard in instead of Eddie Howe, did it stayed up?
3: Uh, you, possibly, yes. Um, quite possibly, because I, I don't rate Eddie Howe. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've had this discussion with Bournemouth fans. He said, look what he did for us. He took us up, blah, 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 through the divisions. He kept us in the Premier League on, on slender resources. But I, the evidence of your eyes, you, you can't live on emotion. The managers have a level. And I, I used to watch, you know, when you watch Bournemouth play against us or against other teams, um, they were quite exciting going forward, but they weren't very organised. You, you could see, perhaps we're spoilt watching Pep City, but, you, you know, you see moves build up. And you think, they should be doing that. He should be there. The ball should be going there. And Bournemouth, that never, ha- almost never happened. Defensively, they were awful. You know, and what's Newcastle's problem? Defensively, they're awful. And Eddie Howe coming, come in, and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to do a Roberto Mancini. He's not going to do a Tony Pulis and, and, and tighten them up at the back. Um, you know, they're going to, they may score goals, but they'll let goals in. But his, his New- what they need is to tighten up at the back. So he's the wrong Newcastle's, man. Newcastle's,
2: they've scored 16 goals. When you look up the table, Arsenal are in fifth with 17. Spurs are in sixth. They've scored 13 goals. Wolves, yeah. eighth. They've scored 12. Brighton have scored 13 and they're in ninth. So just by being tight at the back, these clubs you know, um, yeah. are well up the table to get the wins. And Newcastle New sat there with so me, many goals.
0: Let me just bring Bernard into this point. Uh, Bernard, um, if there was any doubt about... Uh, that this is a a, a three horse race. Uh, it's absolutely gone now. I mean, if you look, Liverpool are in third on thirty one points. Uh, there are only two points between them and uh, Chelsea with us in the middle. And then there's a seven point gap to West Ham. And then these teams: West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham United, mm-hmm. and and Wolves. They've got no chance of breaking into that. Um, no, I mean, not this season,
1: obviously. The only thing that could happen is one of the three teams uh, has a bad run and drops out. But uh, no, I mean, they're all going to beat each other, aren't they? That's the thing. They're going to beat each other and obviously they're going to get beat by the, the top three. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's good in a way. I mean, usually, so I say, it's, it's been one club sometimes the last few years. So uh, having three clubs competing and it'd be... Uh, I just want. I just want. Uh, it'd be nice for some someone unusual to get dragged into the relegations. On I, I, I don't particularly feel any affinity with Everton, but I mean, obviously, I remember back uh, many years ago when they kept scraping out at the last, you know, on the last game of the season and stuff like that. So, I can certainly see if it's not Newcastle who look a bit doomed. I think. Uh, I think they did a thing the other day, was it? did they have one uh, three points less than Derby County had at one stage when they got relegated with the lowest points ever in the in the Premier League? I think that was before the last game, uh, so that's not changed much. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to say Newcastle, Everton and Leeds went down. That, that'd be a, a, an interesting mix, wouldn't it, for a, for a bottom three? But uh, certainly the, the top three are just going to pull away, uh, But looking at what we can see at the moment.
0: It's going to be a fascinating situation at Newcastle, uh, as we have touched on. I mean, dropping down into the Championship with um, with those billionaire owners, um, I guess, uh, a different type of player is required to to negotiate that hurdle. Obviously, as we know, but that's fascinating, isn't it?
3: Uh, you could you could be quite cruel and say they picked Eddie Howe as a manager to get them out of the Championship.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So um, uh, let's. Uh, go over to Ray, and uh, we always finish off by talking about what's next up for city next couple of games for us and, and what do you think our prospects are
2: well i think in the next five or six games people are looking at city to win them all um, you know it's a very uh, presentable set of fixtures that we, we, we you know we we ought to be if we if we want to to challenge for the title we've got Watford away on saturday evening we've got leipzig in the champions league we've already qualified that'll be a good opportunity to maybe play, play those five kids that were on the bench um, and and some of the second stringers and, and give our first team a well-earned rest. Uh, then we've got a couple of home games, uh, Wolves and Leeds. And then our last game before Christmas is away at Newcastle. And then Boxing Day, we've got Leicester at home and then we play Brentford uh, at, in, on the 29th of December. So a lot of games, is that what? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. yeah in the next um from the fourth to the twenty in twenty five, twenty six days. so in every three or four days. But as I said, the good thing is in they're all games that you'd think we've got a good chance of winning, and the Leipzig one is good just to give players a And we're yeah. not in the Carabao Cup, so we missed out on another game, um which which actually is probably good for us right now.
0: Okay. Final thoughts, anybody? Any other issues or anything else that you want to get off your chest before we finish?
3: Uh, just one thing: you know, the, the Premier League have extended their ban on related party sponsorships until um, December the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. How they think they're going to get away with that, I do not know. But obviously, that is um, potentially hampering Newcastle. But the um, yeah, you know, just no, no logical or legal rationale behind that. So, how's he going uh, to hamper them? If Newcastle spent five hundred million in the January transfer window, they still are going to stay up. Not under any how.
0: But I think we can conclude that, that Colin Savage is not an any any fan.
3: Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a bad. He's not a he's not a good <clears throat> manager, Good manager for a certain type of club at a certain level. And, uh, but he's not the man to keep Newcastle up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Brave effort from Colin Savage to walk that back. But uh, okay, <laughs> guys, uh, let's finish off. I think we're done. We're just over the hour mark, and that's um, that's the limit mm. of uh, most people's um, available time to listen to podcasts. So we'll stop here and we'll say goodbye to the chaps. Uh, Charles, uh, Ber- why do I keep saying Charles? Because it's on. It's it's in big letters on my screen. Bernard, Bernard, <laughs> and Eve, thank you very much for
1: coming on. No, it's been, been a pleasure, mate. Yes, and you can call me Charles any day, any day you want, mate. That's <laughs> absolutely fine by me.
0: Right, Colin Savage. Thank you so much for coming on. Don't forget the, I, your, your 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 homework assignment for the next class. I, I,
3: I should thank you because you saved me from the living hell of the people I was out with earlier going to a karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, never a good idea. And I live in in the country uh, of of karaoke. It's not a good idea. It doesn't make anybody look good. Um, and also, we, you'd be listening to Ray. Ray, thank yeah. you so much for
2: on. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll have a rant maybe in the next uh, podcast. I'll save it for this.
0: That's what they paid the money for, Ray. That's what they paid the money for. No paid anything. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm cheap. I'm cheap. Too cheap.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Let's
3: finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us and up those blues.